Welcome. You are now listening to the Anything Goes podcast with your hosts, Greg and Alex. Yo, Johnny Knoxville. What are these people listening to? Anything goes? <laughs> this is Mecca, and you're listening to the Anything Go podcast. We're talking about Check. Check. One. Two, one, two, three, five, twelve, fourteen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of the Anything Goes podcast. I am one half your host, Greg, aka Crazy Greg, aka Pooh Bear, and we are joined by by Alex. What's up? Not much. So this is an episode for me. It is, and it came out of nowhere in a good way. <laughs> yes. So we're a hun- over 180 episodes in. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think this is 181. All right. And this is the first episode ever as an interview episode that came about the same exact day. Yes. <laughs> You're like, hey, what's up? Want to do an interview? <laughs> so an, an old friend of mine reached out Yeah. and actually... Uh, added me on Instagram. That's how it. That's how it happens. Yeah, and then I immediately messaged him. I'm like, Mike, what is going on? You how are sl- you? you? Slid into his DMs. I did. He he reached out and, and requested me, and I slid into his DMs, and we started talking. One thing led to another, and four hours later, we're <laughs> recording an interview for the wow, podcast. That is just the cutest love story. Yeah, and he is indirectly responsible for a big part of why Winnie the Pooh exists. Right, right. Yeah, you were yeah. kind of explaining it to mm-hmm. me and hear it in so, the interview. Crazy. Yeah. And uh, me and his little brother Scott were like besties back mm-hmm. in the day. We spent so many hours together. I can't <laughs> even count. We went on vacations. We went to Disney uh-huh. and together. And the amount of concerts that we've been to. Oh, man. I, I, I can't even try to guess <laughs> the number that was. Crazy. Uh, yeah, we went to, we camped out and tailgated overnight at Ozfest and mm-hmm. went to Hellfest and so many concerts. And that was the good only, old days. Yeah, yeah. So this brings back like 20 years now of the Dock Street days from Staten Island. I know those. Yeah. <laughs> I know those. Yeah, and it was a place, Roadhouse, and in Brooklyn, Lamore's. I've heard that before. And, I yeah, like I, all I these, might have been there. All these Jersey venues. And this this way I spent my teenage years. Yeah. And it was watching Scott's brother play the band Into Looking Glass. Mm-hmm. And they were legit. Yeah. They were the real deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I heard some uh, clips. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm super excited for this one. And it's funny that this is part of the reason why I started a podcast. Because I feel like... I always say everyone has a story to tell and everyone's mm-hmm. so interesting and I want to get to know them. And how many times have you like hung out with a group of friends and you never really got the chance to sit one-on-one and talk with them? Yeah, like you're like, you know? so what, what are you all about? Yeah. Like, like, where do you come from? Yes. What do you do? Like, like what's your life about? Uh-huh. I say all the time, like uh, I've been playing softball for 18, 19, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. And there's guys on the team that don't even know what I do for a living. Right. And right, I play right. with them for all these years. It's so like, funny. And same thing with them. It was yeah. actually this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of the guys at softball and I was like, he's like, oh, I have this many more years till I retire. And I was like, mm. oh, nice. Wait, what do you do? And we've known him for 
uh, a while. <laughs> yeah, I huh? always played with him here and there, but okay. I found out what he did, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, and it's so interesting because he was Scott's older brother. So you know how like you're right. hanging out, and it's yep. like, oh, the older brother, and you try to like yeah. impress Show them off. and yeah. be cool <laughs> and this and that. And I always felt like we were never cool enough to you know be with them. But now it's like, man. Yeah. Well, number one, he's definitely like a musical genius. He yeah. really is. And it's funny because like he's in a band and the band is so good and all their music that they wrote and the lyrics and the songs. Mm. But I never realized like how much of it was him. Mm, right. You know, and it wasn't just him because he says that the drummer and, right, the, right. you know, just yeah, everyone course. had a part. But it's like when he's talking, I'm like, man, he really knows his stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. You don't you don't realize that you just I don't know. You hear the songs, and you're like, it's really good. But you don't realize you how don't know much what they, goes into it. Yeah. 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 Yep, and definitely. he's just so smart and he still he still knows his stuff so it's awesome yeah uh, i do want to get into the interview because he tells so many untold stories of the band <laughs> yeah and it's like it's so cool because i grew up listening to them right 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 now you know it's like i told him to like me and his brother scott would go to whatever all these concerts right. we spent hours in the car and scott was in the band and I'm like, Scott, would I listen to your CD? Stop it. Like, enough. We, we hear your, your <laughs> yes, songs yeah. enough. So who do we listen to? His brother's CD. That's and, you know, it's like, we, like, thanks. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Scott, no. Like, we're not listening to your stuff. It That's sucks. So but it wasn't. It wasn't. I loved it. I went to every show. But right, right. I would just get on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we listened to, to his older brother's stuff. And it's just so cool now. Just, I don't know, having that time with him. And mm-hmm. we spent a good amount of time talking. So it's yes. cool. And even then, we've been texting back and forth a bit. So now it's awesome to to reconnect a little bit. But it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's cool. And I'm happy it happened. And I want to do more stuff like this. I want to reconnect with both of our paths and bring people in and just get to know them. Recently, kind of, sort of, like reconnected with someone from my past who's like a huge part of my past. Okay. And then we had, like, a weird, like, disconnect. And then out of nowhere, it was like, hey. Yeah, I mean, listen, life and... Oh, you know, of course, people, yeah. Yeah. It's understood. For no bad reason, people, you know... Drift apart. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you change, you drift apart. And then yeah. you hit a point where, like, you're at that age where everyone's kind of just like, I'm just trying to survive life. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone kind of understands each other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, so let's get into it. This is Mike from Into Looking Glass. If you, back in the day, knew this Staten Island underground mm-hmm. hardcore scene, uh, these guys were it. They were yeah. legit. They were big. And it's an honor to bring that back and, and have it on the podcast. Yeah. So happy to do that. And I would love to, to do more of this and have him back on another time and just, just continue to talk. Yeah. He's, he knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So, Mike, thanks for uh, on the spot agreeing to do a crazy podcast interview yes. four hours later and <laughs> being on the podcast and sharing all the stories. Yeah. It's, it's real cool. And thanks for it. understanding that I had two monster children to put to sleep. <laughs> that I hope you didn't hear footsteps running around yeah. as the interview was going on downstairs. Yeah, but either way, whatever. He understands. <laughs> yes, of course. He's, he's got one of he his own. He gets it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, Mike, thanks for, for doing that. And here's the interview into Looking Glass. We will be back next week, and next week is our Halfway to Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to that. I have some stuff to ask you. Oh, yes. I love questions. I'm into it, and it's going to be a good one. 
And then after that, we'll be in May, and we have Bamboozle to talk about. We sure do. So there's a whole bunch to do with that. And, and we don't even know what we will have to talk about. Yeah, because... but we'll be there. We're going if it still happens. Oh, man. Yeah. Whatever happens, like, I just can't wait <laughs> to see what comes of it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Hit us up. Let us know if, uh, if you've ever seen these guys. Yeah. It's funny. When you first said, like, the name of the band, I'm like, that sounds so familiar. Yeah. And I'm like, does it sound familiar because I know the name from back in the day or because you've said it before? Mm. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. And then uh, after the episode, I'm going to play one of my favorite songs by them. So we'll, we'll end the episode with that. Deal. All right. So that's that. Well, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Hit us up. Let us know. We love to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. Once again, I am Greg, a.k.a. Crazy Greg, a.k.a. Pooh Bear, and you are... And I am still Alex. All right. Well, until next week, enjoy the episode. Be good. Be crazy. And we'll see you real soon. Bye. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of the Anything Goes podcast. So we have 180 episodes of our podcast. And this is the first time ever that an interview came about the same exact day. So, uh, what does that say about your your guest? <laughs> <laughs> so, me and our guest right here, I'm gonna introduce him. But we started talking earlier today. One thing led to another, and here here we are. Pretty much four hours later, we're recording an episode for the podcast. And we wouldn't give the green light to everyone like that. But uh, when your name is Mike DeBella. And you yeah. want to come on the Anything Goes podcast, you, you have that privilege. I appreciate that. It's a nice thing to say. I don't know what I've done to to get such esteem from from you, Greg, but I appreciate it. You've actually done more than you know, and we're really? going to get into that. You oh, have. God. I'm really afraid to even want to know what the <laughs> road is going to be. But but to be honest, that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, because you, you've, you've actually had more of an influence on in my life than you actually know. Oh, God. For I'm sure, we're going to get into it. Yeah, but, uh, we have Mike DeBella here, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Greg. Uh, it's been a long time since I've yeah, seen man. Greg, and I'm yeah. happy he's doing really well. And, uh, you know, it's it's just funny, because things happen in life, and you're not prepared for, and, you know, like, we know each other through my brother, and my brother used to come to all of our shows, and we, you know, I used to go to my brother's shows, we all support each other. And we just always had a really great community and everybody was just always fun to be around. And Craig with his Pooh Bear costume is just <laughs> one rock and roll's great stories, I should say. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, it's like Angus Young in ACDC wearing a schoolboy outfit for and Greg wearing Pooh Bear outfit at moshing at shows. Why not? There just, you go. So uh, so I gave you a quick glimpse before and, and I know people can't really see it, but it's had better better days, man. You believe it's it's still still intact? I can't believe you actually washed it and it, it didn't <laughs> fall apart. I mean that if anything, if Tide's listening, you know, like Tide or, or Cheer or whatever whatever you use, it's just uh twenty years of like getting beat up by big hairy men in pits. <laughs> Listen, man, if if they want to sponsor us, we're all for it. So color safe bleach. <laughs> yeah. So uh, into Looking Glass, that that's where you started, huh? Those are your roots. Yeah, I mean, uh, we started. Uh, we were one band that kind of turned into into Looking Glass. It was five guys. It was myself, Rich DeStefano, Nick Simone, Rich De, uh, DeStefano, which is stuff. <laughs> too many guys named Rich and a D, you know. 
with <laughs> Seth Mel, um, and Billy Weiler playing drums. Um, he was our first drummer. He's on that first album, the six song EP that most people have heard. That's the one that we gave out. And then eventually uh, Dean Plecchio joined the band and we released that three song EP. That was uh, 2001 was the first album. Life is not ending, merely changed. That's six songs. The Hope That Kills Us. Why couldn't I remember the fucking name? That, that shows you what a great guest I am. I can't even remember the name of the album, which was fun because we that re- that was actually recorded with Jesse Smith from Zayo. So we were able to go to Jesse's house. We drove to York, Pennsylvania. Nobody's ever heard this story. Other than, this one blows my fucking mind. I've this never, is great. Nobody ever asked me any of this stuff. So <laughs> like, it's great that I'm actually getting it out there, you know? Well, I'm super interested. So, so yeah. let's hear it. And I, the funny thing is, like, I'm I I have my VCR set up to my computer, and I can copy some of my old tapes, which I've been doing, and I have footage of this of us in the studio. So, all right, I'll start back. So Jesse Smith used to play drums. He was a founding member of Zayo. Um, he's on the first couple albums. He was recording people for side money back then, and I emailed him out of the blue. I on I got his name from some message board. And I said, you know, we're uh, big, huge fans, whatever. Who'd you record our demo? And he told me how much it was. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Well, let's, let's go. So we, the fucking five of us drove in my Pathfinder <laughs> with us to York, Pennsylvania. And okay. we stayed at his house for three days recording The Hope That Kills Us. Which no is, way. It was, it was actually four songs, but we never released the one song. I'll get into that later. But those first three, uh, Stray Bullet Theory, Rejecting Perfection, and um, Closing the Fairy Tales, those were all recorded within three days at in Jesse's house in his basement, freezing cold, yeah. and with cats all over the place. And then Jared's face blew up from from being allergic to cats. Is no like way. Having an allergic reaction to shit. It was crazy. Whoa. We, uh, yeah, we, we drove down there, and... Uh, we stay with him and his family. He, he had like a little baby at the time. This is like, oh God, it's like the kid's probably like an adult now, which is scary to me. Um, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, we busted out these songs. We actually re-recorded last week of fall and we didn't like the way it sounded. Um, it, it was just not like the first version of last week of fall, the way the first album opens up, the, the it's, uh, I'm not going to sing it cause it sounds ridiculous when I'm doing it, but like, it's just the intensity wasn't there in that version of the song. So we never released it. I'll let you hear it. Nobody else will hear it. Great. I okay. I haven't anymore, honestly. I <laughs> I think I might have deleted it or broke the CD. Uh, it's just like, bleh. but yeah, we were at Jesse's house. He was super fucking cool. He was telling us stories about Zayo and, you know, the. I mean, they their albums came out in 94. That's when mm. I think Liberate, Twix and Fairies came out or Where Blood and Fire came out, whatever. I don't remember all the dates. So whoever is listening to this and, you know, don't fact check me on that stuff. Just find it out for yourself and, you know. Right. Rock, you know? But yeah, the he, um, just a cool fucking guy and a really talented musician. Musician, He's done a bunch of other shit after that. And uh, and I hope he's doing well. I would love to hear from him. I, mm. try, I didn't find any of his contact information. I, I wanted to reach out, to just, you know, say, what's up? You know, thanks for the cool memories, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, we did that. And then, um, yeah, ITLG, we, we we played a bunch of fun shows. You guys were there. And yep. uh, we were lucky. We got to play CBGBs once with that version of the band. And it was fun. You know, it's like playing on a Tuesday night, though. You know, it was just a cool thing to do, you know. And I think 
and I'm not like snob or anything, but like at that time, I don't think anybody really sounded like us, what we were doing back then, you know? Right. Yeah. There was some great bands in Staten Island around that time. Like years after was a great band, which is Joe DeMasso and a bunch of other guys that I'm friends with, which we kind of joined that band with Fall the Sacred is a band that Jared and I joined. Mm. But like other guys, like they were, nobody was really sounding like that, you know? And I always, I was really proud of that, you know, because it makes me, you know, like, not that we left a huge impact on Staten Island or anything like that, but, you know, we kind of left our mark. So yeah. I, I'm proud of that. And I, it's funny because I don't like social media. I don't really use it that often. I use Instagram, you know, I have Twitter. I have a burner Twitter account, which I throw <laughs> people on, but like, I'm not, like into that. So like, I don't like promote stuff, but right. I was thinking about that first ITLG album and I'm like, you know, I want more people to hear it. So I put, I, you know, I put the link up on my, my Twitter, you know, I'm like, here's this 22 year old album that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. Huh? I'm proud of it. And I want people to hear it. So enjoy that. So cool. Yeah. But I got to say there were so many, like a lot of good Staten Island bands. There really, really were, especially now with time and that, but I did always feel like you guys were like the most all around complete band out there. I did for whatever reason. I don't know. There was something about it's looking less. It was like complete in every way. And there were other bands that had like the vocalist just stood out or the drummer stood out or, you know, just the guitar. But I don't know. I felt like you guys just complete all around most solid band. That, really, I do. And, and I always felt that way. And me and your brother used to hang out all the time and we would drive to all these concerts and it was always you guys, your album playing in, in the car. So I'm like, I'm like, Scott, I'm not listening to your album. No, it's not happening. So it used to be looking less. <laughs> you give him a complex. No one doesn't talk. <laughs> around, no, no, but I love them. And, and I would support any, any time they played, I was there every single time. I, I really matter. appreciate it. I'm, I'm, the rest of the guys would appreciate it too. I'm in contact with most of them and they would uh, be very. Yeah. Grateful. Let them know for real, for sure. And then, uh, and I actually dug up some of the old stuff. I'm like, man, I can't believe that I'm listening to this right now, 20 years later. It's, it's, That's it's great. Amazing. So the recording of the first album, uh, the the six song, we recorded at a friend's house. And, uh, we, you know, it, it was good. We, we were, you know, fine with it. You know, it was nothing to write home about. But what I remember is the recording, the way we did it. We tried to do as much live as possible. There's a couple parts that um, I wish I could take back, but... Yeah. No. Over the years, I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. There are no wrong notes. I forgot who said that. I don't know if it was Louis Armstrong or Miles Davis. There are no wrong notes, but mm-hmm. there are wrong notes, and I played them, but I own up to them. But it was a very quick mix on that, um, as far as I can remember. And Jared's vocals are really, really strong, and mm-hmm. we have like a, a distortion on his voice, but we have some. Uh, an effect on on his voice where it kind of drops it down a little i don't know like i want to say blowhorn it's not blowhorn type of sound but it's that kind of i don't know whatever it is but yeah we uh we recorded it and some of the bass is a little bit up front some of it's not right but when i listen to it now i can appreciate it and i can play it much better mm. i played it like i'll play it myself or you know i was you know i play my guitar a lot and you know sometimes i'll bust out those songs just for my own muscle memory and stuff like that but, right. but yeah that those out those songs were a mix of jared's vocals obviously but nick and rich came from two completely different backgrounds in music and again nobody knows any of this 
This is like funny shit too. <laughs> I love it. Nick Simone, I've known I've known him since I'm 14 years old. He's my favorite person in the world, you know. And, and yeah. I don't want to cry talking about him, so I'm not gonna cry. Oh man, I'm like getting teary eyed. No, he's a great person. He's got three daughters now. He's like the most amazing person. He's a he's a music major, producer, sound huh. designer, all that shit. Um, he's, amazing, yeah. He works at the Apollo Theater now. He's just a brilliant person. Plays like every instrument. And Rich DiStefano, who's okay. <laughs> Rich, because the, the reason why I say he's just okay, because that's what he would say about me. He's like, he's okay. <laughs> Larry Sander, uh, Larry uh, David type of guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, the, the dynamic between the two of them, because Rich was really into like Smashing Pumpkins and... Uh alternative music back then and nick was really in he's like 2000 2001 he's like really into like fear factory and uh like machine head stuff which is hilarious to me right because it's not something i don't i don't even like to this day i'm not a huge fan of either of those bands but that's what they what they were kind of listening to at the time and then um billy weiler who was our drummer at the time who's actually one of the most brilliant people like drummers I've ever played with. And he was like right. at like the age of 15. Again, nobody knows these stories. Nobody knows these stories. So, <laughs> and uh, so we all had these different backgrounds and I was playing guitar and I asked, they asked me to play bass and I'm like, I don't want to play bass, but I want to be in a band and I'm bored. You know? um, but anyway, we all got together and then we all started writing these songs and they all just kind of like evolved into what was on that album. And, you know, from where it starts, the first song, Last Week of Fall, is a riff. That's a Billy riff, right? And that is a great fucking riff. Like, to this day, it's, like, one of my favorite fucking riffs, right? And then just the way it comes into, like, got this tap, you know, it's just, like, it's just, like, crazy, you know? And then we have this, like, you know, it turns into this, like, stompy, like, you know, it's a fun, and, like, those alarm clock and then it goes into a riff that rich wrote right and then it goes into another riff that rich wrote and then it goes into a riff that nick wrote and it just like came it into this like i'm a huge nerd when it comes to songwriting and metallica and beatles and stuff like that you know and when you see how all these brilliant people come together to write one song it just blows yep. my mind. and that's kind of the way it was it was like hmm. three people that were really young that had all these ideas and we we're all able to put them together into this one great song and i'm that ending of that song is just funny it's just like the way it's like builds up it's like my soul my soul my soul my soul is open all right that's the same song right the, the right. yeah that's it i sad to remember i haven't heard it in a while you know but like i remember playing that live and i'm like holy crap wow that sounds like a real song you know <laughs> <laughs> it like evolved you know and it was really really cool and some of the songs on there is Two of the songs are my songs, which nobody knows. I don't mm. think. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's it's funny. Just like I'm looking, I'm I'm trying to like I'm gonna bring up the the SoundCloud just to have like so I can remember like what I'm talking about. That album, yeah. So last week of fall, which is that great song. Um, it's a mix of all those riffs, and the next song I never made it on the bandwagon is a uh, that's a song that I wrote. Um. And, <laughs> The way it opens up with the, the cliche Fight Club uh, sample, you know. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, you know, not everybody had, I mean, yes, bands were doing Fight Club, you know, samples. But, you know, th this is a, a 
an issue too because Rich was a little annoyed that there were samples almost on every song, which I thought was. I didn't care. It was like a new thing to me. I'm like, yeah, let's put samples on every fucking song. I don't care. You know? But <laughs> I came up, I was, I was reading a lot of Chuck Palahniuk around that time. Um, you know, Fight Club, Survivor, Invisible Monsters. And then I think the other one, whatever the other one was. So like, I, I would watch Fight Club too much. And I, I honestly, I can't watch it anymore. It's just, I'm like, it's, it's too, like, it's like, I like, I don't know why I even liked it back then. You know, I mean, it's a great movie and everything. It's just like, I, I don't know. That's another podcast. Anyway, <laughs> it opens up. It's like that's like my my Zayo ripoff riff. <laughs> I remember playing that. Like, like I'm playing. Uh, I think it was like Ravage Ritual by Zayo. I don't know. It's like if you if you listen to Ravage Ritual, it's like by Zayo. That that was where the idea came from. But I remember just uh, playing it, and I'm showing uh, the guys. I'm like, hey, look at the song that I fucking wrote. Uh, and then Billy, the drummer, he's like, oh, check out this uh, this breakdown, you know. I think that's it. The song where we scream, I believe in I. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. And that's a mix of Billy and me. And I was so excited the way that song came out. Like, I remember just coming up with this quick, you know, like two-step part, you know. And I'm like, oh, dip it out, you know. Like, you didn't hear the song. I just remember it was just fun, you know, because it would be like all of us would be thinking about playing all week. We're going to fucking CSI, jerking around. <laughs> like you're, you were a couple years behind us. So Scott's uh, three years younger than me, right? We're, you're the same age, right? So right. be at fucking CSI all day long, bored out of our fucking minds. Mm. All we to go, do is go to the studio. We want to go to Future Star. This wow, I remember that. We found this like last week. So this is us in the studio jamming out. It's hilarious. No, I'm not going to post it online because it's too much, too much ridiculous, stupid shit. But anyway, we would be coming up with riffs all the time. And we would get to the studio. We'd go to Future Star. Or at the time, Nick was at Wagner College um, where I met my wife. Hi, Jen. Love you. Okay. What's up, Jen? Listening. And I got to say, I actually remember Jen from back in the day, too. Weren't you, didn't you go to the same school for a while? Did you, did you go to any of the schools where she was working at? Hmm. She was student teaching sometimes. It's definitely possible. Now you say it, it's definitely possible. Uh, Phil, Philly Rabbit was one of her, one of the students. I don't know if you know Phil. He used to. Of course I know Phil from Qantas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, of I, course. I, I mean, Phil, I haven't seen him. We were trying to, we're getting sidetracked now, but like I texted him. I got his number like last year and I was just happy to talk to him. I know he's got a kid now and everything. He's yeah, just... I think he just recently got married too. Oh my guy. I've known him. Yeah. He was like literally the first into the looking glass fan, honestly. I mean, he was such a cool kid. Like, I mean, he's a kid. When I met him, he was a kid. You know, we were just a little bit older. Now we're adults, so obviously, but right. Like, such a beautiful person, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I miss him. I miss him a lot. You know, I'm going to reach out to him later on because yep. I we haven't chatted in a while. But tell him I said what's up, and that that boy can scream. Oh, he's got pipes, man. Yeah, like, he's always the one person I wish. Like when I think of singers and and great writers, like Phil is just he's in a class all by himself. Yes, I agree. Definitely, like he, he's just very talented, very brilliant kid person. One yeah, person. yeah, and I don't think there's anybody from our time that doesn't know Phil is if they went, you know, yeah. went to shows and yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, so it was funny because, uh, you know, these, these songs just get interesting. So 
And then the next song, End of Time as I Remember It, that's another song that I wrote. This is like me trying to be like, write like CR songs. I don't know if anybody listens to CR from back. It's like an early 90s Staten Island band, Compassion Revolution. And okay. they used to do like two note, like stuff <laughs> like that, like grindcore stuff. And this yeah. is my, my attempt of doing that and mixing like some other, you know, ideas. I remember just playing it on the acoustic, you know, and we were listening to Deftones a lot around that time too. Mm. A lot of type of stuff, you know. And I was playing around with like the open strings. And I showed Nick, and Nick made it sound much better because Nick was <laughs> Nick, Nick is fucking man. That's why Nick makes everything sound better. Like the first time I actually heard a guitar sound amazing, Nick was playing it. You know, uh, okay. yeah. It's like even in high school, like he. I remember him. He had his, this purple Ibanez you'd bring to New York and plug it in. We had these shitty amps. And he'd just be rocking out. Like, <laughs> I fucking bothered him. Like, dude, how did he learn how to play like this? You know, like, <laughs> fucking genius. That's why you can play like this. <laughs> a musician. He's a great musician. Like, I mean, it's just like guitar, clarinet, drums, piano, audio stuff. Like I said before, he's just like a brilliant Ooh. person. He, he's just like one of the greatest people ever. And, you know, I, I, show, I would show him songs. And have no concept of any kind of rhythm or timing, and he'd be like, "No, let's play like this." And I'm like, "Oh, that makes more sense," you know. Ooh. And he just like uh, he knows everything, you know. And I, I'd show him this, and uh, you make it sound better. Jared's vocals are great. Oh, for sure, always. The lyrics are: "I ask you for help, and you turn your back on me. I'm crucified, crucified, crucified by the one yeah. you something like that, whatever." So Billy wrote that because he broke up with his fucking girlfriend. Off, you know, right? You know, uh, and I remember listening to that, and we had a, a demo recording of that song that we did like on an e-track, like I don't know, I think like a couple months before that. And I remember Billy and I bringing it to WSIA when they did. The, remember Local Yokels that show? Yes. Yep. Yep. I can't believe I even remember this. Yep. Tape down, and we played it. The guy played it on live on the TV. For, uh, TV. He played it live on the air. And one of the bands were there, like being interviewed, and we were guys like, listen to this. And that part comes in, that chug part. And it's just <laughs> like, I remember looking at their face and they were like, <laughs> I don't know, like 2000, like around that time. Maybe okay. But I just remember thinking, like, yeah, well, I think we actually, that's, that was pretty badass that, that mm. we were. But yeah, Shadows of the World War, that, that was a Billy song. Like, Billy wrote the majority at the beginning of that, that mm. you know, just this whole, we listen to Shadows Fall a lot. It is like really good chuggy. And then my favorite part is at the end of the song, it's uh, it turns into like this black metal type of uh, great uh, and it's got like the symbol grab in it, right? And I remember we played a show, got where we played somewhere in Jersey, and uh, my friend Nick, who wanted to play in uh, past the present, he's standing right in front of me while I'm playing, and I look at him and I give him it's like. I give him like the double gunshot during the <laughs> yeah. and I'm him dead in the eyes doing it and he just fucking loses it right mm-hmm. and that's all I remember about the show is that <laughs> it was just a funny moment you know that's um, great that, that song's got a great fucking breakdown mm. like I remember us uh recording that and that's actually Jared and Billy going back and forth also on vocals and mm. their voices complement each other really well that was something i always really enjoyed billy was just so much fun to play with um you know it's uh 
would love to meet up with him again and do something. He, he was just a cool dude. Um, the next song, Once Upon Forever, that was a rich song. He came up with the beginning pretty much. He, yeah, he, this is pretty much his whole song. Again, the, the beginning is the sample that I got from What Dreams May Come. You know, everybody's hell is in fire and pain. Real hell is yep. alive. And I always thought that was kind of poignant. It was really depressing and miserable. They kind of fit the, the beginning of the song. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's got a sick breakdown too. And actually, another band ripped that off. The same band. I, I think I don't want to say names because I don't want to. I don't want to piss anyone off. But no uh, way. Somebody ripped off that that breakdown. And Get out of here! Voice just cracked. I must be turning in through puberty finally. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember we got where we were. And the guys, listen, this fucking band ripped this. I mean, it's whatever. Everybody's probably. I mean, it's not rocket science, but you know, it was funny at the time because it's like less than two degrees of separation. You know what I mean? Yep, 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 yep. That's so funny. And then that last song, "Angels of Serpent Hearts." That's a that's a Nick Simone song. That whole song again with the sample from fucking say anything. The beginning, that drum beat. Nick was listening to a lot of Poison the Wild at the time. That first Poison, well, that second Poison the Wild. Yep. December. He like inhaled that album. Like, mm. I think we all we all were like kind of obsessed with it. This was kind of his version of, I don't know if it was Slice Paper Race or one of those songs on that album. Mm. I remember somebody told me we sounded like a new metal band because the beginning has this this pinch harmonic thing in it. And I was just like so fucking offended. I was like, dude, you what the fuck are you talking about you know like, <laughs> it sounds nothing like do you even know what that means it's not n-e-w metal yes it's, it's n-u i was so offended but anyway yeah the part angels with serpent heart that that whole rip that's total like homage to poison the well i mean that that's that part was just uh I remember Nick showing me that at Wagner and I was like, oh, this is so fucking cool. What do you want me to, how do you want me to play this on the bass? And he always yeah. had, like, when it came to playing bass, like, I always kind of wanted them to tell me, like, what do you think would be over here? And then, you know, I take whatever they say and I, you know, do the way I was going to, but he specifically, he had in his head how he wants everything to come out. And I respect that. Mm. You know? And then it goes into this great breakdown. And it turns into this nice little jammy jam thing. And my bass doesn't sound that great. And I'm probably not in perfect time with the bass drum, but the rock and roll is all about, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> like the whole debate about like recordings being too perfect and, you know, sounding like, like the drummers, like they're all triggered all the time and everything. Right. And I'm like, I if I made a mistake, you know, it's on the tape, whatever. It, I'm fine with it. You know, I'm in my personal way of life. Like I'm an artist too. Like I paint and I draw and I do all this shit. I'm yeah. not looking for perfection. And, you know, for me, music isn't really about being perfect anyway. So hmm. you know, I'm fine with those bad notes or whatever, you know. Okay. Um, this, this, this song is really cool. I, I love playing it live. Um, and it kind of, it fades out. You know, which was conscious effort to, you know, Nick with this little beautiful lead with Rich. They, I mean, they both wrote that song together. That that was just, it's a good one. I, I really, I'm really proud of all these songs. It, mm. When I think about how long ago it is, it just blows my mind, you know, 2001, autumn. Crazy. So was it like a cool big brother moment for you when, when 
Scott picked up a bass and he started playing? Yeah, I mean, we kind of started playing at the same time, honestly. It was just like my uncle Ralph, who was my godfather, who I loved more than anything, he basically told us, taught us how to play early on, like oh. while we were taking lessons. You know, we would be in his basement uh, you know, on Staten Island. We holidays and be playing whatever song he wanted us to play at the time. And I borrowed Scott's bass, like when I started playing with ITLG, you know, and mm. I think he saw how much fun I was having. And I'm glad he found Joe and Dustin and Avi rest his all up there, wherever he is, you know, like, yeah. you know, it, it's, uh, it's fun. Cause when we get together and we do jam, we have my son now who likes to play the drums. That's great. We have our own kind of Van Halen thing going. So it's, uh, <laughs> fun. we have a good time and uh you know we don't we don't see each other as much as we we'd like to but you know he's my brother he's he's a good man and i love him yep. he still tries to play he doesn't play as much as he should but you know hopefully you will in the future do you even realize how close me and your brother were back in the day i know you guys went to disneyland with a fucking stranger close we, yeah that we, would... we did yeah we 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 stayed in the room me, me your brother and, and this guy I don't understand how that even happened. Uh, I'm kind of afraid to even ask those questions, honestly. Listen, times were tough. We were working minimum wage job, and, and we wanted to go to Disney. Who did, where did you even meet this guy? Let's just say like a friend of a friend. It's like Craigslist back in the day. I don't think that exists. <laughs> Pretty much. And we wanted to go to Disney, me and your brother, and, and it was it was a way to go. Save, save hey, money. You stay, you stay hang out with him, or he did his own thing? Um, pretty much did his own thing. Because that would be weird. Yeah. Like, you're, like, like on the teacups together, you're just, like, chilling. <laughs> Bob from Bay when, when you're working at, you know, McDonald's and Burger King and, and making minimum wage, that that's the way to go. I give you a lot of credit. That's I would have not have went to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's before uh, with the fast pass and everything. It was probably easy to get around back then. Yeah, it's way different now. It's like you have to take like a course in college to to book a trip to Disney now. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. my wife is smarter than me, and she handles all that stuff. <laughs> you know? So you know, at least I got that going for me. Good. Yeah. And uh, what what I was getting at in the beginning of this episode of how you have impacted my life way more than you know, right? So scared. So, so you were indirectly like behind the start of Pooh Bear because what of you. Really? Oh my God. Because, because Scott w- was the reason that, that I pulled it out, the Pooh Bear really? costume in Moment of Truth. Really? And if it wasn't for you, Scott never would have been in his band. That's true. That is true. It's the whole butterfly effect thing. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's so, so scary. So the, the, the reason why I pulled this out to begin with was, <laughs> was to mess with Scott. And Joe Scars and all them and Dustin and and oh, Moment man. of Truth and Avi. Guys, they're all great guys. Yeah, but but if it wasn't for you influencing Scott to start this band. That's hilarious. A lot of things would have gone different, huh? My whole life would have been way different. Oh my god. Well, I feel honored to know that <laughs> at least I like some positivity has gotten out in the world for me being yeah. so I mean, realistically, if it wasn't for you getting Scott in that direction, this this never would have happened for me. It's amazing. Well, I'm glad you're on the path of enlightenment right now. So <laughs> it seems like you're doing really great. You got it. Yeah, you know, life is good. You're you're blessed. Of course, I think 20 years ago we all planned our lives differently. 
oh. of how it would turn out. Yeah. But I think, you know, we're we're in good shape here. We're in good positions. And and look at this. Twenty all these years later, me and you were talking on a podcast. Who would have thought? It's hilarious. They'd be like, What the fuck is a podcast? <laughs> I, like like you sit in it and you're like, Yeah, it's a pod, yeah. Fishing or something? Like That's so funny. Yeah, like uh I my brother told me about Joe and his his uh Spotify thing and I was like, yeah. Oh, it'd be interesting. I would love to chat with Joe. I always kind of we never really got to talk back in the day. It was always, you know, it shows passing, you know. But he's always yeah. a nice dude, you know. And Dustin was always Dustin was fucking hilarious. Yeah. We had some great shows with him and uh his other bands. Um he was in a band, oh my god, I can't remember what the name of the band was. Lesson Before Dying, I think it was called. Okay. Yeah, so ITLG and Lesson Before Dying was supposed to go on tour together. There's actually a video really? I to you. It was like a tour video. No like, way. We were just going to play like five or six shows up the East Coast, and it never happened. Yeah. We played a show in Long Island, which is on YouTube. I could send you that also. Please do, yeah. Yeah, so the video, it's uh, Into the Looking Glass, and Less Before Dying, I had to think of the name. I- I'm pretty sure it's Less Before Dying, yeah. Mm. Uh, Joey Cusack, who wound up playing in Best Present, and actually almost joined Into the Looking Glass, um, he's the drummer for the other band. And it was a bunch of other guys that I don't remember most of their names. And the girl, uh, what was her name? Jess. Jess was the singer. She was fantastic. So we played the show and um, it was fun. We had a great time. We really thought we were going to go out on tour. We just never, never happened. Mm. But yeah, uh, it was just fun to be around in the scene and, and just do different things, you know? And that was kind of one of the last, last shows of ITLG, I think. Huh. We actually... It was that one, and I think there was a show. So we had Joe DiMasso play drums for for one show. He was the guitarist for years after. We played in this basement in Jersey somewhere. There's, like, actually no record of the show anywhere. Like, I talked to my friends. I talked to the guys that were in the band. Nobody has any proof that we even played the show. But as far as I'm concerned, it's the greatest show we've ever played, you know? (laughs) Really? It was just, like, it was, like, I have a really big basement. Like, Mm -hmm. From here, it was really small. You know, when wow. you think like cliche, like rock and roll, like you, uh, like a VFW hall shows, that's what it was like. And the ceiling was low. I know that because I threw my guitar up and hit the ceiling. I played with this woman named Morgan Storm, and she, I forgot what band she was in. She might have been in another band with that name or something, but she was there and she fucking kicked ass. She played a kick ass show. And we played, and we sounded really fucking good. Like I said, like there's no way to know it because <laughs> 15, 20 people that were there that were beating the shit out of each other and having a good time, we it was just so much fun. And I remember Joe uh, Damaso, he, he's playing. He's a fantastic drummer to begin with. He does he does a lot of his own stuff too. He's if you look on online, if you Google his name, he's got his own solo stuff. He's amazing. He was in Fall of the Sacred with Jared and Joey and I. Um, amazing songwriter. Um, but he's playing the drums and his band had this great riff that he would reuse in a lot of his other bands. <laughs> okay. We, we decided to play it that night, just like in homage to him because we were fans of years after and all of his stuff. And, uh, it's like, it's like a very like beat down type of riff. Right. And I remember kids just beating the shit out of each other. And I was just like, oh, my God, why can't this ever, why can't we do this forever? And then the show ended, and then Nick told us he had moved to the Bronx. So uh, that was the last ITLG show. 
Oh man. Yeah, it was it was a huge bummer, you know, because it was just like we were kind of finally learning how to write songs. Right. Like like we were writing some cool stuff and you know, it's it's unfortunate. Things happen. Mm. He's going through some stuff with school, you know, and turned into uh Fall of the Sacred with Joe and Joey Joe DeMasso and Joey Cusack and Jared, myself, Dave Slevin and John Luciano, who's I'm probably pronounce his last name wrong. Wrong. Uh, I haven't seen him in a long time. Dave, I still kind of chat with. That was fun. That was a six-piece metal band. Mm. Kind of like Kill Switch Engage. Um, nice. I don't know if you even remember any of that because it, it was that was like for like two seconds, really, really. Yeah. Like, the only reason I remember the year is because I was going to Kingsborough at the time. So I, I finished Kingsborough in 2005, and that was around that time. And uh, we did an EP which we never released because we never finished the vocals on it, which is really amazing stuff, too. Um, it's on my SoundCloud. I don't have it public. I had it public for a while, but I never asked permission for the other guys. I didn't want to... Mm. Honestly, I don't think they care, but, you know, I <laughs> wanted their permission before I put it back up. Of course. But those songs, they were epic, fun songs. And that, that actually made me a better guitar player and bass player. Mm. Because the stuff that they were doing, it was like, it was like fretboard gymnastics. It was just like, I couldn't keep up most times on the bass, you know? And it was, Crazy. I had a rethink thing, you know? Because, right. you know, the scale of the bass is, you know, a lot bigger. And I'm not a traditional bass player to begin with. You know, I wiped my brother's bass and I taught myself, you know, and we kind of help each other out, you know? But that lasted a very short time. Then past present happened from that, which it was Nick Simone moved back to Staten Island. Yay. <laughs> Okay. And uh, we talked to Nick Amicorda, who was playing with All for Nothing, and he's a brilliant guitar player. He plays with Ben Hajirin right now. Uh, they're like a metalcore band, really great stuff. Um, mm. Just amazing guitar player. And Joey Cusack, myself. So that was Five Piece Band, Past is Present, which actually was the name was actually going to be an album name that I came up with. So I came up with it, ITLG the name, which I'm proud of. And I came up with the passive present, but the passive present was going to be the album name. We were trying to come up with names for the band and that kind of just, we were <laughs> like, oh, yes, it's like us plus Snake and we're all present. Yay, type of thing. So that's how that <laughs> how, How'd you come up with the ITLG name? Uh, Lewis Carroll, uh, through Looking Glass, um, just reading book titles. And I really like names. I'm really good at naming things or like the idea of a name, you know? And I was trying to come up with names back then, and I didn't want anything to sound too lame, too on the nose. I didn't want, like, a really metal band name. You know, we were trying to think of, like, work. stuff would kill in it. I'm like, no, that's not us, you know? Like, that's not, you know? So it was actually under the looking glass or through the looking glass, and then we celebrate, we set, you know, decided on into the looking glass, because ITLG, we thought, sounded kind of cool. Yeah, I love it. And it stood out. It was always yeah. like, yeah, yeah, always. Yeah, and the album cover, which I, you see it on SoundCloud. I have a picture of it. <laughs> it's a, it was like the first, like I, my degrees in graphic design, but this is my first real graphic design project. You know, it was like right. I took a photograph of like something reflect an angel reflecting in a mirror at Jared's mom's house. Hmm. You know, I, you know that was my first. <laughs> it's not amazing, but you know, I was proud of it. You know, right? I used to press all the CDs myself. I burn all the CDs. I print everything. And Crazy. Billy, at the time when he was in our band, he played. He filled in for a drummer for <laughs> or Most Precious Blood at the time. 
and he went to the crazy fest and he left a whole shitload of I burned like sixty CDs in like three days. Like my shittiest like two hundred megahertz fucking Dell was like on it was like with Bitcoin was it was like mining Bitcoin at the time. That's how crazy this <laughs> I'd be burning this like crazy, putting the labels on it, trying to get them all mm. printed out the fucking books and everything. And I remember him going and so he's with Trust Kill Records at the time, was uh with most precious blood. So he put a bunch of CDs on the table and then he'd come back, he'd put more and people were taking them, you know, and sometimes I would see messages. Like we, we got like, I had a, we have uh my friend, Josh, who I've known. I don't know if he's ever going to listen, but hi, Josh. Australia. What's up? What's up, Josh? From Australia? Not Josh on Twitter. <laughs> he's a developer. Okay. Give, him, give him jobs. Cause he's awesome. You know, he's okay. awesome. He, uh, he's like been somebody I've been friends with like, through technology through this you know like mm. and uh it's it just like it's amazing how even back then how things spread through the internet you know right you know getting i think we had a fan from indonesia which i thought was wild because i i would have never mm. had that and at the time there was that site garageband.com before it was an app it was like a music rating thing and people would rate your music and so you know, the play of the day or some shit like that. So you would get from that finding your stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's crazy. It, it's definitely a lot of fun. And I'm glad, I'm glad everything's uh, accessible to everybody now, you know? Right. Because these songs, I'm proud of them. And, you know, I'm proud that we're able to do what we did back then, you know, with our yep. limited budget. I remember, nobody knows this either. We were so fucking broke. We were cashing in coins. At Coinstar, like we, I remember going to fucking Shoprite on New York Lane, crazy coins, quarters and shit, because we didn't have any money. We were, we were so broke. We were lucky we had instruments, you know. You know, it's like, saying. like you don't think about it now. Like we all didn't come from like rich families, you know. Like, right. We, I was lucky. I had my, you know, I <laughs> stuff, you know, like my. I didn't have my own base for a long time. Man. Didn't have like great equipment. Nick's guitar was like the shitty ass like Sears knockoff. Like I don't even know what that kind of guitar it was. And uh, Rich had like the shitty ass court guitar he would play that would feedback all the time and <laughs> horrible, horrible equipment. You know, some people cash in coins to play in a band. Some people stay with some strange guys to go to Disney. Hey, you know what? That's you know? The- where life takes us, you know what? We're all winding up talking on the same fucking podcast. So look where life has gotten, you know? How about that? <laughs> but yeah, the, the shows were a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad, like, you had fun. I'm I'm glad we had... Oh, man. Like, I, I, some of the guys used to just follow us because it was just a fun thing to do, you yeah. know? And I'm glad that, you know, people were doing that instead of the alternatives, you know? Yeah, and we, and we still, still to this day, we, we all still talk about it, so... I really, and you got to be with fucking Limp Biscuit, you know, uh, and like hanging out with Frank Durst and all that shit. That's that's fantastic, you know. That, that thanks to you. Yeah. Oh God, my my one true claim. Got <laughs> Frank to meet his idol. I'm so proud for sure. Help me meet James Hetfield, and we'll call it even. How about that? All right. That's that's my life mission. <laughs> he's busy tonight. I think he's on Kimmel. He's on Kimmel, and I'm on your show. So it's, <laughs> I think it's a fair trade, honestly. <laughs> so, so funny. All, all that stuff, uh, you know, like, we used to listen to it just 
like the old Zayo albums, Misery Signals, Seven Angels, Seven Plagues. I mean, From Autumn to Ashes, when their, fir- their stuff first came out, Poison the Well. All this stuff that we grew up listening to, Metallica and Pantera and Nirvana. Oh, my God. All these things oh. listened to turned into this, you know? And it's it's like one of my favorite things is to see how different music affects different people. And I'm really into, like, emotions when you hear stuff like Misery Signals. When I listen to Misery Signals, it's like, it's like me listening to, like, I would imagine, like, people listening to Bach for the first time. Oh. Or, like, or, like, people listen to Mozart back then. Like, Misery Signals and Between the Buried and Me. Like, those, like, Between the Buried and Me is, to, to me, is, like, one of my favorite bands. Like, those guys, when they get on stage, you talk about tight bands. Like, those guys are, like, with superheroes. They're superheroes. That's all I can say is, like, with, <laughs> like everything that they play is to the T and immaculate, you know? Mm. Misery Signals, when they play, it's just unbelievable, you know? And employed to serve i don't know if you've listened to them they're fucking amazing rain all these amazing bands out and i'm like addicted to listening to these new bands and right that's the stuff that makes me excited for like music now too stuff like that because when i hear stuff like that i know people are they're being more creative you know than what we hear on the radio you know right oh yeah when i hear like a great chug riff or like employed to serve has this song called world eater which is total, like, it makes me want to hit people, you know? Like, I'm going I'm to check it out. Oh, my world God. Eater. It's like World Eater. It's just got, like, this... Oh, my God. It's just, like, this... It's actually similar to the riff from the ITLG album. It's got that really chuggy ending. Mm. I hearing that last year, because I, I would just be going crazy listening to new music, and I listened to this, and I was like, oh, my God. I turned into, like, Larry Moe and Curly, like, what? <laughs> How does nobody know about this band? So but, um, I like right, so, metal, and I cannot lie. All right, so so let me ask you this, right? Yeah. So in a hundred years from now, right, and we're gonna be way gone. We'll all be moved on, mm-hmm. hopefully to better place. Yeah, my brain in an energy pod somewhere. Yeah. And Level and- five laser lotus. <laughs> what do you want people to look back and remember the name of Mike DeBella as? Oh my god. I just want to be a good dad, a good husband, a good friend, good relative, brother, all that stuff, you know, and that's kind of all that matters. And speaking of which, my wife's calling me. Yes. Can I call you back? Does, does she want to say hi? Well, I'm on the, uh, the we're recording right now, so. D- d- does she want to say hi? You want to say hi to Greg? <laughs> Wait, I'll put you in the speakerphone. This is great. Greg said that um, if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have gotten married to his wife. He wouldn't have his two beautiful daughters, and his life would be absolute crap. It's it's the truth. He said because I I influenced him through Scott to dress like Pooh Bear, and it kind of altered his life for the better. Isn't that cool? She's uh. <laughs> she's um she's dumbfounded honestly she's, she's absolutely but, dumbfounded <laughs> I'm, I'm actually not kidding that is actually the truth I'm it really, really is he, no i'm being sincere and and silly at the same time <laughs> all right i'll call you right back right that's so funny um well, that was cool yeah. Shia. yeah i just want everybody to um i mean the i know people always joke around it's about the music 
and you know if i got to record on you know these two things these three things whatever i have that that's public i'm glad that they're out there and to the people that actually listened that enjoyed it that you know benefited in some way i'm i'm happy i'm happy that it's been a positive thing for them you know because that's what music's supposed to do is supposed to bring people together and it's supposed to you know enlighten people and there's a lot of great lines out there and jared was a great lyricist still is you know he had this great line and i never made it on the bagwagon i believe in i i always always thought that was a great line mm. to believe you have to believe in yourself and that's it's tough you know not every day is an easy day and uh yeah i'm glad i'm glad it's out there and people listen and they like it enjoy it pass it on and uh rock on because that's what life's all about great that's awesome yeah and we're gonna sh- if it's okay with you we, we could share the link to to that yeah absolutely to the songs on on this yeah, podcast yeah. episode yeah, I'll put it up. Uh, it, I'll put it. I'll send you the link. I'll make sure it's public and great. You know, if anybody wants to check it out, and, awesome. Uh, it's good stuff. People should hear it. Really, they I really should. It. Thank you. Yeah, yeah Rich, Nick, Bill, and Jared, um, and then Dean later on. Mm. Those three songs on the EP, which you really get to talk about, but those are really good songs, and uh, I'm glad they're out there. We we worked really hard on them. Um, I know the guys are would appreciate everybody's the fact that people enjoy them. Mm. And uh, we, we enjoyed playing. We had a great time. You know, we had great shows. We had a lot of bad shows. <laughs> we try to remember the great shows more than the bad shows, you know, <laughs> a lot of playing in front of no one at two o'clock in the morning or playing yeah. five people at two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, it's <laughs> just the way it was. And uh, we're glad, you know, it was basically free practice sometimes. <laughs> we had to carry all of our crap everywhere but right you know, it was right. still fun and you know life life was fun then you know yeah. well you guys definitely toughened me up because the amount of shots i would take in that pit it definitely uh yeah you had some you had some great moves man you had like this <laughs> like i i don't even know what to even call it was it like like overhead hammer fist type of thing that you do and, oh man you were just like you're like plastic man you know or i, 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 I just i, I just I, felt I, the music I just felt it. It's like, wow, Greg's going to get his ass kicked tonight. <laughs> oh, there, I did many a there times. Were, there was some shows, man, I would, you couldn't even pay me to go. I mean, I've, I'm a schmuck too. Cause I've, I've actually jumped off the stage and that <laughs> idiot that was dancing for his own band only because the show was getting lame for whatever reason. And I needed right. something like, you know, but yeah, like the stuff that I, you guys used to do, you, my brother, uh, Eddie, I don't I haven't talked to him in a long time. Yeah, Brown, yeah. brother, Santino, Charlie. Yeah, wow. All, man, all yeah. you guys, Bryce, who I don't even remember if he's around anymore. All those guys are they used to guys have a lot of fun at shows. And Listen, man, when, when when I felt those mu- that music and those breakdowns hit, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I, okay. I miss all that. I'll send you some of the videos. Hopefully, <laughs> they're like. They're okay. They're at the best, but you know, they're they're fun. All right, great. All right, cool. I can't wait, Greg. I appreciate oh, it. Yes, made my day. thank you so much. It was so nice catching up with you. It really, really was. I'm glad we sure. did this. Thank you for making sure. the time. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, um, best to you and your family. Good luck on the podcast. Thank you. Um, I have a lot of homework to be catching up on because I have All like right. 198 
podcasts to listen to. So support the way <laughs> newest to oldest or oldest to newest. Um, just just cycle through them and whatever catches your interest, just okay. listen to because yeah, yeah. th- th- there's a lot of content there. So oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, it takes so a lot of work. Just, and good just, luck with everything. Thank you, I appreciate that. And tell t- tell the guys I said what's up, and you're welcome cool. back anytime. We'd love to have you. So thank you. Yeah, man. Is, is there a place for anybody where people can find you? Uh, I'm, I don't really do much, but I'm, I don't like social media, but I'm on Twitter, Mike, at Mike Tabella. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, you get, you know, Mike is my site. I'm a graphic designer. I do painting and I do a lot of like miniature stuff, like D and D figures and shit like that. You know, I like Gaslands, which is a fun uh, game that my son and I play, and Hero Quest, all this nerd stuff. D and D. I'm I'm like a big board game person, and I love Magic the Gathering and anything to put me in a fantasy realm where I'm not living in Jersey. You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe the Jersey of a fantasy realm, and I'd be like, oh, I wish I lived in like Earth, but you know, like I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm out. I'm out there. I don't really talk much but you know i'm I'm around all right and, uh, i wish i could be a comedy writer but i'm not funny enough so i mean you're <laughs> kind of funny i wouldn't once say that. in a while i have like a good line here or there but, other than <laughs> that, but, but thank you for having me i really appreciate well, it thank you for doing this send my love to everyone all I the will. best and let's talk soon for real absolutely all right all right mike thank you you're welcome Bye-bye. bye bye Hey, Alex. Yeah? Tell these fine-looking people where they can find us. Well, they could find us on Instagram at AnythingGoesPodNY, on Twitter at AnythingGoesNY, and shoot us an email at AGPodNY at gmail.com. That's right. And y'all can listen to all of our episodes on any streaming platform where podcasts can be found. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Because anything goes with Greg and Alex. Phone home, phone home, phone home! All right, Mike, thank you so much for the interview. A good interview, a great musician, and even a better man. So, Mike, I appreciate that. And if you guys don't know, uh, most of the time we'll do the interview portion first. And then me and Alex will go ahead and do our intro of before the interview. And in the intro, I said I was going to play a song by Into the Looking Glass. And I do have a favorite. It's called Once Upon Forever. But then I was thinking, listening back to the interview, I'm like, man, as Mike's talking about all these songs, I'm like, I can't just play one. So we are going to link the SoundCloud album of all the Into Looking Glass songs to this episode. So you guys could check them all out. My personal favorite is Once Upon Forever, but they're all so good. So check them out. Support 20 years in the making, and it still stands the test of time. So enjoy it. And one more quick thing. I spoke to Mike this morning, uh, the day that this is getting published, and he's actually going in for shoulder surgery right now. So best of luck to you, Mike. We're here for you. You're going to come out better and stronger and even that much better of a musician and a guitarist and a bassist. So we're pulling for you. We're thinking about you. And uh, this one's for you. All right. Enjoy it. Into Looking Glass. Anything goes with Greg and Alex. Thanks for listening to the Anything Goes podcast with Greg and Alex. See you real soon.
suckers.